The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. You're listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Now part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your head. You look like a dude who should be pumping my fucking gas. This isn't doing it for me. There's I'm not getting I'm not getting enjoyment out of this. He was a before the bell rings all-star. All right, everybody. It is Thursday night, August 3rd, 2023. You are listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the Chairshot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com, where we remind you and encourage you to always use your head. Going to wrap around the room here and introduce this cast of characters. We've got a full house here tonight, back off of the assignment. Hailing from the Purple Haze and Cloud Nine, Bucky's tag team partner, a man destined to go through a barbershop window. Jason, sir, welcome back. Thank you, my friends. It's good to be back. It's good to have you. It, we had a surprise run-in from Mr. Ray Cash and Mr. PC Tunney last week, who kind of jumped in the third and fourth chair to hold down the fort, but uh, we're glad to have you back. I couldn't think of any a better combination to uh, take my place. So. Oh, yeah. A couple of great dudes. Love having them on here, and I was glad they were able to jump in after they got done uh, recording the DWI podcast last week. And last but never, ever, ever least... The Minister of Truth, the Father of Facts and Figures, the Deacon of Data, the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, and the man with the golden shovel, Mr. Rob. Welcome back, sir. Hey, good to be back. All right. Well, we've got a, a bit of a show. It's been a busy week for, for wrestling in general. Uh, last week, on Sunday night, we had uh, NXT's Great American Bash. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Uh, we've got SummerSlam coming up this Saturday, WWE's main roster premium live event of the summer. That is SummerSlam. Uh, also going to be talking a little bit of AEW. Had some big news this week that uh, the three members of the Elite uh, re-signed their contracts. We're going to pick that apart here in just a couple of minutes. Um, let's go around the room here and do a quick mental health check. Rob, how you doing this week, bud? Oh, not too bad. Can't complain. Uh, been a pretty slow week at work because uh i'm waiting to hear back on a, a big thing i turned in a couple of weeks ago so until that comes back um it's just kind of cleaning up little stuff here and there and so thankfully this is a good time of year for that and yeah so not too stressful right now good good deal jason how about yourself sir bro J- jason you're you're muted bubba Jason may be having some technical difficulties here. I see. He's, he's still muted. I see the little mute. The little yeah, he's still muted on my end. And I think he froze up again. Uh-oh. 
All right, we will try to get Jason back here in a minute. We'll do a mental health check with him. I don't know if he can hear me or not. He seems to be frozen on on my end. Uh, me, life is life, man. It's I'm going through a lot of stuff right now. Uh, I've got some job things going on. I am grinding through for the next six weeks. We go on vacation. Uh, my girlfriend and I are going on a week-long cruise. Uh, really looking forward to that, my man. This one's been a long time coming. Uh, we're just looking forward to floating around on the Atlantic for – Four days, having a lot of drinks, eating a lot of food, and getting a lot of sun. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> All right, Jason, mental health check. How's it going, buddy? Am I muted still? No, we hear you now. Oh, thank God. It might re-mute itself in a second because it's about 40 clicks behind, and I just had I did, your your, uh, your was a Chromebook you got, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, she's hey, it's possessed, brother. I, Next week, I'm going to probably have to record. Are you running LimeWire on that in the background? <laughs> no, because, uh, so, um, but, uh, anyway, uh, not, not the best. Um, my mother-in-law's health is still not wonderful. Um, steady, if steady, but, you know, not great. Um, yeah. so it's been a trying couple of months and recently weeks and then i'm just finding that i'm at the end of my um i don't know i'm just uh just out of energy out of social personal spiritual whatever energy um so just yeah. trying to make it at this point you know make it to the end of the week and you know better news is coming and you know trying to keep that perspective and uh as as my wife and I like to say, well, I'm just gonna keep going to work. So, yeah, yeah. You can all you can do sometimes. Yeah, just put one foot in front of the other and keep moving, man. You can't stop yeah. moving. Yep, because they're my yeah. stop. Once, once you stop doing that, then then you know you have real problems. Um, yeah. But sorry, Rob, go ahead. Yeah, because of all my dad used to always say that it's it's okay to feel bad about something. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to be angry. Uh, but tomorrow morning, sun's coming up, birds gonna be flying, and world's gonna keep turning. What are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like uh, quote one of my, believe it or not, one of my favorite movies, and I'm gonna misquote this because I always do. Sleepless in Seattle. Tom Hanks said something about, you know, I just want to get up, breathe, remember to tell myself to keep breathing and keep moving until I don't have to keep reminding myself. You know, yep. it's one of those things. All right. We're not going to start this show off on a sad note. We're going to start this show off having some fun, talking some wrestling, and we're going to kick it off with talking about the elite AEW news dropped here in the last, what, 24 to 48 hours that Kenny Omega and the Bucks both re-signed long-term deals with AEW. Um, I have some thoughts about that. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and on record and say that Kenny Omega is probably going to go down as the biggest woulda, shoulda, coulda in wrestling history. Now, what does that mean? Let's be real. WWE is still the big game. Regardless of how you feel about it, regardless of whether you're a fan of WWE, a fan of AEW, a fan of both, there is no denying that WWE is and probably always will be the biggest game in town. I cannot wrap my head around why anybody would not want to at least try to go there, especially someone like Kenny Omega. Like, why would you not at least try? Go there for a year two years, see if you like it. Don't, you know, base your opinion on what you're, and I know people will say, oh, Kenny Omega worked there, you know, umpteen years ago. He wasn't Kenny Omega 
back then. He was a dude. He was a dude that they gave a tryout match to. It didn't work out. It was what, 15 years ago? Something Long like time. that? It was Why would you not try now? You went out there. You showed the world what you have. And what he has is spectacular. You know, Kenny Omega is awesome. But why would you not now, with the cachet that you have, with the fandom that you've built in, with the name that you've made for yourself, why would you not want to go to WWE and at least try? You know, I, I said, you know, on record when he originally signed with AEW and WWE was at least courting him, he left money on the table. Maybe not on the front end, because I'm sure Tony Khan paid him a shitload of money to come on board. I'm sure he's paying him a shitload of money to re-sign. But I think on the back end of it all, Kenny Omega left a lot of money on the table. Rob, I'm going to kick this over to you, and we can run this around the room a little bit. What do you think, specifically Kenny Omega, but the elite in general re-signing? I know how you feel about the Bucks. So I'm sure yeah. you've got some thoughts there, but go ahead. Uh, well, because so, with Kenny, all right, because here's the thing. I'm, if if you were somebody who might get lost in the shuffle, because uh, Hangman Page also resigned. Okay, and, that's and, right. I forgot and, Hangman. So if I'm now, I I could see Hang. I can understand Hangman saying, "Eh, maybe not." Um, just like Jay White, I could understand Jay White saying, "Eh, maybe not right now." Yeah, I I didn't think it in the moment, but on hindsight, I think Jay White made the right move at this time yeah. in the game. Jay White made the right move. And even, you know, MJF is like 25. If he chooses to stay in AEW for another few years, I think that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Um, you know, because he can, look, he, I mean, he's got plenty of, look, if he comes over when he's 30, that, you know, you know, I mean, he's got time to, you know, to, but you're Ooh. Kenny, you're in your, what, like, I forget, he's like, what, 37, 38? He's um, closer to 40 than not. Yeah, and then also, and like you said, he's built up a lot of cachet. Um, he could come in there and he, he you know, because we were talking earlier today about schedule, he could surely negotiate a kind of a Randy Orton kind of schedule where you work TV and then you do the premium live events, but you're not out there on the road unless it's something special. Right. That's what Randy, that's what Randy had. He, um, he would do like the UK tour if they wanted him to go. But other than that, he worked TV, he worked premium live events, he didn't go on the road. Come that's work the money done. shows, and that's it. Yeah, and for Kenny Omega, you could—I mean, he could absolutely get that kind of deal, um, because there's a part of the WWE fan base that very badly wants to see him in the WWE, and it would be—it would just be ultimate fan service. Um, and so he—he he has a cachet that kind of punch his own ticket, and. He's somebody, I mean, he could do big things. Like Cody coming back coming back made sense because Cody could come back in and do big things. Right? I I totally understand anybody who thinks that they would just get might get lost in the shuffle and just says no thanks. But if you're if you have the potential or the wherewithal to do big things from the very beginning, and you're that and you're kind of at that now or never point in your career where Kenny is now, yeah, I would absolutely try it because I mean, we know good and well, if, if he were to sign, he would get the big rumble entrance. Might even be number 30. You know, he would And he's definitely that. going to be the final four, if not the winner. Right. He would get a big match at Mania. It'd, it would, if it's not Roman, it would be Seth Rollins or it would be Cody um, at WrestleMania. He would get another one of those guys. He would get another match with one of those guys at SummerSlam. 
He might even get Logan Paul along the way. Make, they would make his Wrestle Kingdom entrances look like something the three of us put together in my backyard. Yes. Yeah. And, um, some high school musical he, level stuff. He would yeah. actually walk out on a Gundam. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, you know, he could, I mean, and he could do all types of stuff with, with Woods on a up, down, down for a year. Because, you know, they're, they're real life best buddies. Um, I'm sure that he would have, I'm sure he and Woods would love to have a, they would get a match together. They would love to do that. Um, and, and then look, he's got history with AJ, with Finn Balor, with, and you could do matches with them. He could do a match with Shinsuke, you know, cause they got history. There's a whole, just a whole list of bucket list kind of matches. He could tick off with people he's always wanted to work with or people he's worked with before and would love to work with again. And Kevin Owens, Sammy, yeah. um, right? I mean, he's been with all those guys. And one more go around with all of them would be great. Um, so there's just, I mean, there's a whole litany of people he could work with. And, you know, he could, look, he makes a big Rumble entrance in beginning in 2024. And in Rumble 2025, he loses to, you know, he gets one last title shot against Roman Reigns and loses and goes back to AEW. I mean, and then and then within a year, he could just run through all of those matches, right? That we named, or you know, or hell, he probably might, you know, look, Rey Mysterio, um, you know. Um, God, how much of a banger would that be? Kenny yeah, Omega I mean, and Rey Mysterio before Rey finally taps out. You know, Gunther, um, you know, uh, I mean, just I mean, there's a whole litany of people that if he wanted to do a one year deal, just run through all those people. And and then go back and he could I mean if, I mean AEW is home for him yes so he could do a one year or year and a half or whatever run through that list of matches and go finish out AEW yeah I mean and I think nobody would look at him funny for doing that and cool. so I think I think this is missed opportunity for him absolutely um, yeah you know because we're looking at some of his contemporaries from New Japan we're talking about just I mean earlier today like. Those guys are all doing the old man walk to the ring now. Kota Abushi looks like shit. Yeah, I mean Abushi. Like he really of, looks like he's seeing, and, and he's not. Kota's not that old. He's. I don't think He's in his thirties. I don't think he's forty. But he's no. walking around. The last time I saw him on AEW TV, he was walking around like he's older than I am. And um, Tanahashi's doing the old man walk to the ring. Um, Naito's starting to. He's doing the old man walk to the ring. Yeah. Um, you know, and so a lot of his contemporaries from New Japan are, are hitting that point. Um, and I've said they before, but those guys should have come over. With, some of those guys should have come over with Shinsuke. Yeah, <laughs> that will forever be a head scratcher to me. But um, yeah, I think just yeah, I think it's a missed opportunity for him here, really. Yeah, Jason, what are your thoughts here, buddy? Uh, I I get why they stayed. First of all, I mean that it, it, it's their clubhouse. Like they're getting paid, and I'm sure Tony backed up the Brinks truck, at least like DJ, like you were saying, at the upfront. The upfront number was probably pretty darn good. So, yeah, I get why they stayed. Duh, they were on shit over there, basically. You know, obviously, there's been rumbles and overtures that things have changed and Tony's in charge. But, you know, now that Cody's gone, the circle is even smaller. I'm sure it was easy for them to just, you know, assert their influence at the very least. Yeah, I mean, I guess I 
putting into personal perspective, I was talking with Rob and and to a, you know when Jason finally signed on in the in the pre-show huddle. I was talking about right now. I'm in a situation at work where I've got it pretty good. Like I, I can kind of call my own shots. Like there, there's still a structure that I have to follow, rules that I have to obey, but I can kind of call my own shots. I'm in a situation where a potentially really good job may fall in my lap in the near future, and I'm at odds. Do I keep playing in the sandbox, which is right now pretty good to me, or do I take the job that could potentially be one that I retire with and, and in all reality be the better of the two jobs? And I think that's probably the situation that, you know, Kenny, for sure, the Bucks to, you know, probably a more so degree, because I think the Bucks are infinitely more important in AEW than they would ever be in WWE. I think that if they made it to WWE, there would be that short term. OK, hey, the Bucks are here. Well, now, OK, now you guys can go play with the Viking Raiders and, um, you know, whoever else is available that week. So I don't think the high for the Bucks would last nearly as long as it would for Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is on a constant high in WWE. Um, so, but again, I, I keep going back to why you owe it to yourself to at least try. Put all That's, your bias on the shelf. Forget what everybody's told you and what you think you know about the company. Try it out. You might like it. You might get there and realize, hey, maybe it ain't so bad. Maybe this is exactly what I needed. You know, and, and it, fans of Kenny and Kenny seem to be hung up on these art house wrestling matches. But Kenny Omega, the character the presented as is, is very sports entertainment. Very, very easy transition for him to go right into, you know, pro wrestling into quote unquote sports entertainment. You know, it's, it's not a reach for him. Right. And a lot of the stuff we make jokes about him for now with like the, the video game villain speaking voice. It would fly absolutely on WWE TV. And when Rob was running through the litany of lists, I was thinking exactly of his super villain, goofy persona, but with an edge of seriousness to him to give him credit. There, it's it's you know he talks like, it, but there's backup and he has the he he talks like a super villain, but everything else is legit. So in that regard, I would love to see that guy in a program with the Miz. My God, you just set the internet on fire even saying that. <laughs> that is that that is the one thing that his diehards are terrified of, is that his first oh. program would be with the Miz. Oh, the guy, the guy being with the Miz and then putting on awesome matches because they would, and they then would. putting on a really entertaining program. And worst of all, worst of all, you'd see Kenny Omega having a damn good time. Oh, that what a shame that would be. Yeah. But we all know why they didn't come. I mean, well, actually, working a program with the Miz, and this is not an insult to him. Not this is actually a compliment. Working a program with the Miz is like getting the day off. It's like it writes itself. He's so easy. People, other talents have made that the those comments that it's just like, oh, I get to work the Miz. Awesome. Yeah. Easy day at the office. Um, cause you know, he's going to, he's the ultimate pro and he's going to do everything and he's going to be like, all right, I'm, Hey, I can't play it with the match layout. I'm ready to go. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk, man. Well, uh, and Miz understands the business. He knows how important Kenny Omega is. Well, so, uh, uh, Kenny doesn't want to pay the price, the toll 
right now. Um, because the toll right now is if you sign and you jump ship, guess what, baby? You're looking at the lights at WrestleMania. Uh, in the For, if you're wrestling Roman Reigns, yeah. Anybody else, he won't. Like Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins would lay down for him. Cody would lay down for him. Finn, Sammy, KO would all lay down for for Kenny Omega. The the only one, and it's only because it, the storyline just says differently right now. Roman Reigns would not be laying down for Kenny Omega. That's the only one on that roster. Well, no, and that's also you you you, you kiss the ring. You blew up a statue of Triple H at your first show. You're kissing the ring now. You built you built <laughs> you built a fan base based on hating this guy. Eat the spear, kiss the ring. You know what? Triple H don't take that seriously anymore. He got that guy back. Oh yeah. Oh he's got, not even thinking about that shit anymore. Triple H won that fight. And, and the guy kissed the ring. So I mean that's that's the price of admission. We just saw it. So at this point, I understand. But also, I mean there's a great story right there for the Bucks of taking those titles off of uh, Sammy and Kevin. If, sure. If, uh, if again, I'm thinking they I, they just resigned, so I'm assuming their contracts were up relatively soon. So I assume they'd be in play for next WrestleMania. Yeah. And if they were in play, then I would look around and go, okay, well, this is a very easy way to knock off a, a few uh bucket list matches in one let's get make sure yeah. that sammy and kevin stay together etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, if you'd asked me uh, go ahead jason finish your thought and then i've got so it i get why they didn't come but selfishly i mean you're 100 percent right dj about the bucks they would not be a featured act for 12 months out of the year no Kenny would be a featured act for 11 months out of the year yeah no, I was going to say uh, – go ahead. I'm sorry. I keep cutting you off. No, no, no. Go ahead. If you'd have asked me 48, 72 hours ago, if I thought if – I, if I had known at the time that the Bucks were nearing the end of their contracts, if you had asked me 72 hours ago, right after I finished watching the Becoming the Night, Nightmare Cody Rhodes documentary, I would have told you the Bucks are all but a lock for WWE. Because without spoiling it, they're in it. In some capacity, they're in that that documentary, and I found that interesting that in a WWE produced um, thing that they would be in it. So I wonder if that affected the timing of the announcement because of exactly what you're thinking. Possibly, possibly. Oh, they were in it. I didn't watch it. So they're in it. It's they're in it. Not heavily, but the segment that they're in is important, and they are. They're in it in archival footage. Oh, they're okay. not like in there talking, you know, about Cody. They're in it in archival footage, but they are in it. Okay. Are they named? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the yeah. He, na- he names them, but Cody does. He names them, you know, Nick and Matt Jackson. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, he was very open. He actually had a pretty candid discussion. Aside from the little snippet that we saw. He had a pretty candid discussion about AEW, how it came to be. It's it's a really good documentary. If you guys haven't seen it, but absolutely go check that out, man. It's awesome. A lot of it is common knowledge, but it's common knowledge broken up into a really well laid out timeline. And then you know, there's some little nuggets here and there that I didn't know that are a little polarizing about some things. Uh, a lot of dusty stuff that was really emotional, but all in all, it was a good. Uh, it was a good documentary. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking. So. 
So yeah, it's uh, like I said, I I think I think Kenny Omega of of the four of them, Kenny Omega made the biggest mistake, and it's it's a shame that we may never get to see that guy because he's only got so many prime years left. Kenny Omega's had some health and some injury issues. I think his I think physically his best days are almost behind him. Um, so it's a shame that he didn't at least come over and try to grab one WrestleMania bag and try and milk it for one year. Just, I, I, I don't understand the mentality. I, I really, maybe he's got his motivations. Um, maybe there's just something there about that company, about the people in it, about the people that run it. That's just a no go for him. It's a hard no. And if it is, that's his business. But I think as a professional, as a professional wrestler, if you're not in it to at least try out for WWE, what the hell are you I, doing? I think at this point, though, they do maintain some sort of ownership over, over AEW, and especially since Cody left. They've been like, no, we'll stay. Well, they're still named uh, EVPs. Right. That was part of the article that I read, that they are still act, you know, they are still EVPs in capacity. So there you go. I mean, Yeah. I, I guess, I man. I just, I, I don't know. It's if it, I, maybe I'm just built differently, and I, I, I would, I would look back at my career and be a little embarrassed with myself if I didn't at least try. If it blows up and it sucks, look. I'm sorry, if Rob. One is, if one of you, one of you, excuse me, if one of your kids is lucky enough to try out for AEW, then I'll say that they. They uh they didn't make a mistake by by staying because you know clearly it went on forever and they're you're doing fine. If it goes the way I think it does, even them maintaining a little bit of ownership, I'm like yeah yeah well. But what's it gonna look like at the end? Um, so in any case, I just think that yeah they just wanted to stay. They they're not gonna leave the sinking ship, especially after Cody left after which apparently. That that was the most interesting thing that he's right at the very top of the program. He just says, I can't talk about why I left AEW. It was personal. It wasn't money. It wasn't the book or whatever. It, well, he said it wasn't. It was a personal thing. So I'm like, that's really interesting that he would say that almost two years later, put it in the. I mean, you could just be like. He could give this most the most non-answer to that and most people would just take it at face value for the rest of his career like yeah you know i just wanted to do this i I, you know it was there were things at AEW. it was just a you know it was the right time you know it was the right time uh something like that but no the fact said he had a personal i would assume dispute that's very very interesting yeah um especially with the uh the water they've seemingly been taking on the last couple of little while rob you had one more thought before we move on i just i mean i guess to reiterate because i was just thinking like in terms of like politics if if you have a if every politician who has a legitimate chance of being becoming president of the united states they try mm-hmm. if if, I mean, if you have a if you have any if you have close to a legitimate chance at winning or even just being a nominee of one of the two parties at some point you, you go for it you just do. Yeah. Um, and I just, and to me, it just kind of feels like you know, he's happy with the Senate seat. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just, he, he's happy being, uh, you know, the, the 
city council member. So, I, anyway, you know what? Good luck to those guys. Uh, I like I said, I stand by my comment. Kenny Omega at least could have and should have done more for himself. But if he's happy with doing what he's doing and he's he's paid well, then more power to him. You know, best of luck to you and enjoy your job, pal. All right. Like I said, there's a lot. We are sandwiched in between two big WWE events from this past week. Uh, this last Sunday was NXT's Great American Bash. Jason's going to go down the card here. We're just going to breeze through this real quick. I have I got to be, you know, transparent up front. I have not finished watching it. I was on a Sunday night. I get up early on Mondays. I had to make a business decision. I put it to bed about halfway through. So we'll let Jason take over and uh, just real quick run down the card and we'll give some thoughts. Uh, so we had uh, Nathan Frazier and Ulyssa uh, Leone and Valentina Faraz, uh, take and Dragon Lee. God, that's right. There were four people versus Metaphor, which is Noam Dar, Lash Legend, Jakar Jackson, or Oro Mensa. Uh, so that was just fun, and I think Metaphor is just put them on TV every week, please. Anybody have any thoughts there? Uh, I well, I didn't. I didn't watch that part of it. I wasn't watching yet. So yeah, I caught the highlights of it. It looked like it was a lot of fun. Uh, it looked like it got the crowd hot. Um, I agree. Lash Legend's always fun to see on my TV. Jakara Jackson is going to be a star. I think once she lines all the pieces up, I think this is a great starter um, thing for her. But I think in about two years, as long as she sticks with it, they invest in her and she invests in herself. We're going to be having a conversation about Jakara Jackson. I've been watching her for a little while now, and I like what I see. Yeah, and Lash Legend is literally getting better all the time. She is. She is. She's on a very upward trajectory. Uh, and Norm Dar is just a delight. Uh, and Mensa plays the perfect, like, bumbling fool for that entire group, if, if one of them can be a bumbling fool of the four bumbling fools. Um, but anyway, they're uh, what makes wrestling great. So next we had The Family, uh, which is obviously Tony D'Angelo and Stax versus the tag team champions Gallus, which, is, which was Wolfgang and Mark Coffey. And we had the family bring one home, and we are new tag team champions. And I could not be more delighted because, again, uh, Tony D'Angelo and Stax even. Um, Stax has kind of, you know, come into his own character. Like, when he was first crowned the underboss, I was just like, oh, cool. Uh, you know, D'Angelo's lackey gets a cool title, and he'll get to wrestle more. But, like, he really is – he's done all the drama stuff of, like, when Tony D'Angelo went missing and all this stuff. It's been amazing. Uh, so, shout out Stax. Um, but, yeah, I'm happy to see the new tag champs because Gallus is just fucking boring. Um, Rob? Um, I caught the end of it. Um, you know, I'm happy for Tony and Stax. Because, like, the same thing that I said about Stax, at first he was the he was the guy who didn't get fired. Right, because the other guy did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty much all he was at first, and um, but he's like he's coming to his own as his own character, and yeah, it was fun to see them win something finally, and yeah, like I called the end of it, and, and you know that was pretty cool. So I'm just just happy to see them win something, and you know because. They hadn't won anything of any significance. 
But so it was good to see them win something. Agreed. DJ, do you have anything? Or you, oh, you missed the show. So no, 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 no. I watched it. I this part. I watched. Oh. I watched the first half of the show. Um, I liked that this. I was a little worried that this one was going to get a little indie riffic. I was worried about how much time they were going to give this. They kept it short. They kept it tight. It was really hard hitting. It was really well worked. Uh, this is the first. I agree with Jason. This is the first time I watched Gallus and gave a shit. I just. I'm sorry. They just don't move the needle for me. I'm. Thinking, yeah, at the end of the year, they're saying uh, whatever NXT UK is going to turn into NXT Europe. My thought, and this may be why they dropped the belt sat, uh, Sunday night, is that they may eventually go back across the pond and be the team over in in Europe, which is fine, perfectly fine. Um, I, I, NXT UK was fun; it was fun for a detour. Um, Stax is killing it. I agree. He had a. We went to an NXT house show here about three weeks ago. And he had a match with Idris Anofi, and they tore the house down. Like, it was really, really good. The funny thing about that match was Idris was supposed to be the heel, and Stax was working babyface. The problem was Idris Anofi and Malik Blader over like Rover in Melbourne, Florida. So it was really weird watching the crowd with this one because Idris is working heel, but the crowd's cheering him throughout the whole thing. They weren't booing Stax, but they were clearly clearly on the side of Idris Sanofi. Uh, glad to see the family pick up the win on this one. I think Tony D'Angelo is amazing. Um, I was a little iffy on him to begin with, but watching him now, I see the vision. I get it. And, you know, I, I'm... Tony's incredible, and I want to see more, more of the family. Uh, we will. They're new. Shining new belts. Yeah, I like. I mean, I like how they just he just they they totally lean into the whole thing. Well, you oh. have to with something like that. You have to lean all the way in. It's almost to the point of being offensive. You have to lean into it. Yeah, <laughs> that, I, that, I can say that because I'm Italian. <laughs> that's that's what Stacks was kind of getting. Stacks and Tony, and to a lesser degree, Tony kind of just put it all together. But Stacks, like. He would just lean more into the gimmick every single week. Um, and that wasn't just him being in the, in the you know, more in the family. He was, you know, testing it out. Yeah. Uh, every week it got better. One thing I like, WWE and the long-term storytelling, uh, God, he just fell right out of my head. LWO came out Tuesday night. Oh, uh, and, them, and Santos Escobar came out and helped them out Tuesday night. And I thought that was an amazing bit of throat callback to – you know, the family's feud with Legato Bell Fantasma, if I can actually say it. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Uh, and and um, Santos got a nice ovation. So. He did. So uh, Next, we had the uh, a Weapons Wild match between Roxanne Perez and uh, Blair Davenport. And it was, I mean, exactly what you expect from these two girls in a Weapons Wild match. A few spots that made me go, oh, God. And, uh, yeah, and it was violent. And we got a Pop Rocks onto a pile of chairs for the win for uh, Roxanne. So, and I have no problem with that. Rob? This is when I actually started watching. Uh, not really paying attention. Just, um, so, I thought it was good. And, you know, and one of my little sticking points is with these, these wacky kind of matches, you know, do stuff that makes sense, please. Um. And they didn't do anything. It was just like, okay, why are you doing that? Um, okay, they didn't. They didn't. Yeah. Do, they didn't have any of those spots in there. 
Um, and again, the yeah, the pop rocks on the pile of chairs, and you know, and it actually was the finish, right? Um, again, that's one of my things, y'all know, because I've seen too many of those matches where somebody will do that type of move, and it's one, two, no, it's like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. Right, he I, kicked out, she yeah. kicked out, I can't believe it. Yeah, so, um, a good match, good finish, um, and good work for both of them. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's see here. Hang on. It's, oh, yeah. I, I didn't get to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I have not yet. Keep in mind, I have not seen the main event yet. I have not seen Mellow and Dragon off. Up to what I've seen, this was my favorite match of the night. Like, I just, I've been waiting for Roxanne to show me something. Like, I see the potential. And, you know, I know Rob was very high on her, you know, being Roxy from Ring of Honor, and he'd seen her there, and he knew a bit more about her than I did. But her, largely her NXT run for me has been, okay, I I can see the potential there, but I didn't see what Rob saw in Roxanne. Now I see it. And I don't know whether she's just gotten more comfortable working the NXT WWE style, whether it was a confidence thing, whether it took Blair Davenport dragging it out of her. Sometimes you need that. Sometimes it's the partner you're dancing with. Um, so, and, keep, and keeping in mind, she's what, 20, 21? Um, yeah, something like that, 21. Like, she's still a baby. So, yeah. you know, there's still plenty of room to grow, plenty of room to breathe, plenty of room to to figure it all out. I started to see glimpses of that Sunday night. She was amazing. You know, and, and Blair Davenport, I, I think the world of, I think she's awesome. Watching those two, one thing that I noticed was when they were, they, they I think it was Blair had the belt on with the leather and the studs and everything. She ripped that sucker off and she they're whipping each other, but they're whipping them with the stud side. Usually you think you're going to turn that thing around and whip them with the leather and they're whipping them with the stud side. I'm like, you know what? That's badass, ladies. Keep that up. And I had so much fun watching this match. Yeah, and I think um, Davenport is really good to have there because they needed some type of veteran. They did, and I think that's kind of why Roxanne looked as good as she did. Because, I, you know, I'm going back to her feud with uh, Cora Jade. Cora Jade's just about as green, maybe even more green than than she is. So I don't think that was a great introductory feud yeah. for me. For me to be introduced to Roxanne, I don't think that was the feud. But you get her in there with a veteran who can kind of shift the sands as they need to be much better version of Roxanne that I saw. Yeah, I, exactly. And um, so, I hope, you know, I know, um, you know, Davenport may go back to the UK when they get that up and running. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I hope that they get as much out of her stateside before that happens, if it does. Because, I mean, I think all those girls would be good to work with her because, again, you need, they don't, because once Mandy was gone, you don't really, I mean, they were just, the girl side on the NXT is just, it's so green. There's so many people who are just, and they're all talented, but like everybody, almost everybody's green. And it, you know, it kind of gets in the way sometimes. It know? does. It does. So speaking of green, we had uh Gabe <sighs> Stevenson. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. One <laughs> match. If you can call it that. Oof. I have 
not much to say other than Baron Corbin's doing God's work. <laughs> yeah. Um... As the resident professional wrestler, you can speak more. Yeah. Know. Why don't DJ take the floor here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me say this, and, and, and I'm going to. I watched the match clinically, and that's the only way I could watch this match, given that it was his first outing. They, the fundamentals are there. Gable Stevenson gets it. Like you can, you can see the way he moves in the ring. He's going to get comfortable with it. I think they sent him out there too soon. Um, and I kind of got into a brief discussion with uh, Duke from was it the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. And I made a comment. I, th- I said, I think in a year from now, Gable Stevenson's going to be fine. And he seemed to disagree. And the problem is he's judging him next to uh, Bad Bunny. He's judging him next to Logan Paul. And he's like, you know, these guys came out in their first showings and did better. I'm like, but, but Bad Bunny bought an apartment and trained at the PC for months prior to his tag match with uh, Damian Priest against Miz. And I forget who the tag team partner was. Um, you know, a couple years ago, Bad Bunny freaking trained at the PC for months. I don't know how long Logan Paul's been training, but he's been training with Shawn Michaels directly. You know, but you could even take Gable's brother, um, Rob, help me out. Damon Kemp. Damon Kemp. Damon Kemp's been training for, what, at least a year? He's been on TV for over a year. Yeah. And, and Damon Kemp, by, by all counts, is killing it. But I cannot stand Gable Stevenson next to those guys and compare – because the guy probably realistically has weeks, maybe, maybe months of actual ring training time. And when I watch him move around in there, there's little things he's already picked up on. Like the, the post-match fighting was really good. Like that was the best part of the whole thing. After they both got counted out and there was like the melee and everything going on, that part was really, really good. I think he's going to get that. That being said, just with his personal history and the fact that now his first outing was not well received they've got one hell of a mountain to climb where gable stevenson 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 is concerned yeah rob anything Um, i thought it was really weird that okay he showed up a few weeks ago and then, like within a month's time, they're just, they're like fast tracking him to this takeover match. Um, it just like I, I, the whole time I was like, this is really kind of strange. Um, it's really kind of abrupt. Don't you think? They should have had him in a tag match. Yeah, or yeah, or or man, or outside at ringside with somebody else, or you know. Um, and now he and. Just going back to when they had him come out there at WrestleMania last year, he, like he, just like the other parts of wrestling, it seemed he just, it just seemed like he wasn't there at all. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, he can physically do stuff, but I, yeah, so I don't know. I was very just puzzled as to why they put him, they ran him out there so quickly, and uh, you know, and for a takeover match, um. Had he not been in there with somebody like Baron Corbin, like if God forbid they put him in there with, with one of the green guys, I think that thing would have been a disaster. Uh, Baron Corbin was the only guy who could have quarterbacked that match. Yeah. At least it's active in NXT right now that didn't have something already going on. 
Yeah, and then also, and also the way Baron works, he doesn't do a bunch of spots and whatnot. So you don't have to worry about him trying to get all of his shit in. No, he knows uh, when to slow the match down. And yeah, so it was. Eh, um, I think they. I think they. They. They didn't. They didn't do him any favors with this. And now, you know, the crowd was booing him. They were cheering for Baron Corbin. Um. I think there's, like I said, there's an uphill climb now. I think they dug themselves into a hole they didn't need to dig themselves into. Um, so, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, he can become something, but um, I don't know. And, um, yeah. And then also just, I mean, and I know, you know, reading body language and all that stuff is kind of stupid, but I mean, you can you can tell kind of the energy difference between him and his brother. Yeah. Um, there's 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 a kind of different energy between him and his brother. Um, and I mean, because his brother has clearly he dove in with both feet, and he I mean his brother's even doing character work and stuff, you know. Yeah, Damien uh, Kemp's been awesome. Yeah. Um. So there's just kind of an energy difference. Um. At least it seems like it. Um, if I had to, if you're going to tell me to, to, you know, speculate on the two of them, I mean, I would pick Damon Kemp over him right now. But as far as a, a projection for the future, um, it just, it seems like they got a long way to go with this. Yeah, probably. That's probably the right assessment. Long way to go there. But let, let me ask you this. Isn't that part of the journey though like let's let's fast forward two years let's say gable steveson meets his potential he's awesome in the ring he can cut a good promo he's having good regular matches wouldn't that journey be fascinating where we started sunday night to where we end up two years from now if he ends up being now if he ends up stinking and just washes out in a year or two years or they just take whatever money they can get out of him and then you know, he goes his own way, you know, which is always, you know, a very high possibility. But I think the journey is going to be fascinating. Like, what happens if this guy actually gets it? We were at ground zero when he stunk out the building. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I bet he'll still look back and wish that match happened on, like, a random unannounced t- Tuesday night smack uh, NXT and not oh. you know, the Great American Bash. Oh, yeah. yeah. If we ever do a retrospective on him, that'll be the conversation they have. They'll all look back at that and say, maybe that wasn't the right move. And then also, I mean, with this type of show, you're taking somebody else's spot. You're taking a spot on the card, on the big card, away from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those times where that argument absolutely matters. Right. And it's like, OK, so we didn't get Braun Breaker one more big match before he possibly goes up to the main roster. We 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 passed on that. For this got this um we passed on i don't know uh, you know getting another women's match on the card maybe yeah for this we passed on um you know there 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 are other people there um who you know um they, they you know could they could have done something with but we you know we passed on those people we passed on you know whatever you think of schism i mean 
you know, there you you pass on having them in a match with somebody or something, right? And furthering that story with them and the Creed brothers, you passed on that for this. Um, it just you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's basically that's basically it, man. So next up though, we had a palate cleanser, and boy did we ever. Uh, because we had Dominic Mysterio defending his NXT North American Championship against Wesley and Mustafa Ali in a triple threat match that was just uh, exactly what you'd expect with Mustafa Ali and Wesley. And then you also had the fun, cowardly, yet very talented at this point, Dominic Mysterio uh, with... You know, mommy running interference the whole time, leading to a couple of fun spots of, you know, her jumping in front of someone. Uh, Wesley toped someone over her. Uh, yeah, he toped Dominic over her, which was hilarious. Um, and yeah, and obviously she helped Dominic win and pulled, pulled Ali off the pin and blah, blah, blah. So not to spoil it for everyone, but we're going to talk about the result, too, because that matters. Uh, so, yeah, it was fun. I had a blast. And okay, I guess if we're just going to, I mean, it's just so Dominic has a belt while, you know, they're doing this Judgment Day thing, just like when Solo won the the uh, and North American title just it's, so. It's a visual. In the bloodline pictures in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> God, people are still uh, hot about that. <laughs> oh, but no, They're hot but about the, that because Dom, being a raw guy, is walking around with the North American title. Right, and I mean, I'm kind of upset. I feel like, hey, Paul Heyman, why don't you go to Adam Adam Pearce and be like, hey, when my guy had the North American title and he was dancing around on Rod SmackDown, he had to give up the North American title. What's this kid doing? You know, also son of a Hall of Famer, also son of a Hall of Famer. So come on, man. In any case, uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, so DJ, what'd you have? A hell of a good match, man. Hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. I love the the character work they're doing with Dom and Rhea. Uh, Mustafa Ali showed up and showed out. Wesley always shows up and shows out. I am ready now for the match in two years, Wesley and Ricochet. Give me okay. Wesley and Ricochet any night of the week. I am so looking forward to that matchup in the in the hopefully the near future. Realistically, we're probably talking a couple of years. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I will absolutely take that. Rob? Okay. It was, uh, it was, oh, uh, here he goes. No, no, no. Hey. This is – okay, see, I've, I've made the mistake. Uh, no, I, I hate fun, and I'm – No, 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 okay. Wrestling for 20 minutes. No, it's not that. It's not that, okay? <laughs> it's not that, Okay. It's just, I said in our little group chat, I'm about Judgment Day out because, like, for the past few weeks, they've had, like, eight segments every week on Raw, and they've been on NXT, and for me, it just got to the point where, like, okay, this has been much. And that's not a commentary on how good what they're doing is. It's just me, I had seen, the, for me, it just got to the point where, like, okay, yeah, this has been much. Um... I like how we've come full circle on this podcast because about eight months ago it was like, what are we doing with Judgment Day? Now Rob is like, we're doing too much with Judgment Day. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. It's just, I mean, okay. I mean, they write the ship with Judgment Day big time. 
And now Rob thinks they've overcompensated. Yeah, they no, were, it's just, uh, look, okay, because you don't watch it you don't watch it. Live, if I was PC okay. Tunney, you know what you know what would be happening right now if I was PC Tunney with my little soundboard? There'd be Daniel Bryan going, Fickle! 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 <laughs> okay, okay, no, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. For the past like three, four weeks, they've had like they've had a big promo on Raw. They're in the main event and they have like about they have, have a couple of maybe one other match during Raw. Some weeks they've had three matches during Raw and backstage stuff and a big promo and 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 they come out on Tuesday. Okay, I'm sorry for me that was a bit much. Okay, it it just was. It got okay. It got to the point where it's like okay, you really need to see them again. Um, this week's title, Rob hates the Judgment Day. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Listen. Okay. Look. Okay. <laughs> I don't care how good you are, how much I like you. There's there's a there's a point where it's like okay, you know, you know, I don't need to have three matches every Monday and come out on Tuesday and do all this other stuff and then come out on Friday one time, right? I mean, I, you know, I mean, wait until either Finn or Priest comes out a Saturday night with that uh. With that World Heavyweight Championship. Well, at least, I mean, okay, but that's on, that's on the premium live event. Okay, fine. I mean, but, I mean. They'll know. be unlivable on Monday. I mean. Oh, I don't I don't recall Steve singing this tune when the uh, the Bloodline was running uh, every single show up and down. Okay. This is, okay. Well, they weren't all, NXT. Okay, they come out at the beginning and they come out at the end. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they just come out at the, at the beginning or at the end. Okay, and they weren't like all over a three-hour show, and then on again several in several spots of the very next TV show the very next day. Okay, they weren't doing all that. Okay, and and and, 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 and by the way, okay, oh, but in, <laughs> by the way, point, to your point, this April, this month after WrestleMania, I said the same thing about Kevin and Sammy and Matt Riddle fighting Jimmy J and Solo every week. True. They were fighting him on Monday, and they were True. fighting him on Friday. And I think Rob's exact words were he's, he was ready to see them move on to someone else. And they did that for about four weeks in a row. And by about the third week, he's like, okay, this is enough. Okay. And so I'm this is just I'm in the same place here. Like, okay. Okay. Like, and so that's not a comment. That's not a commentary on them. Right. I'm still going to bust your chops about it, but I get it. I see what you're saying. So it's just, I mean, you know, it. it but so yes, this was this was good. It, it was good stuff by everybody, and it was entertaining and fun to watch. But you know, I yeah, I would it just you know, I, I you know, <laughs> this is one of those where it's like, hey, you know what, y'all got it. I'm not gonna crap on it because obviously it was very good. But you know, I just I kind of didn't care. Okay, what's okay. next, Jason? Well, well, now we're, okay, Rob, you can go get a drink or something because now we're moving on to something Rob definitely doesn't care about. So we had the W, uh, excuse me, the NXT Women's Championship. Oh, so here we go. <laughs> Tiffany Stratton defending here we go. the championship against Chase Hughes, Thea Hale, in what was an ultimately just fun match. Uh, they did both. Both those girls are just firecrackers, man. Like, they're going to be something. Um, Thea's just personality up the wazoo, and Stratton's putting it all together. So, 
that was just a lot of fun. Uh, the finish was, you know, heart wrenching with uh, little Thea not giving up and not giving up to the Boston Crab and. You know, wise, you know, Professor Andre Chase throws the towel, you know, Coach Chase or whatever he is, throws in the towel for her to, you know, prevent any further damage. And so, uh, all in all, it was a lot of fun, you know, and I love seeing those girls on TV. So, and, um, yeah, more of them, the better. So, yeah, NXT is kind of just cruising right now, now that I think about it. Uh, so, uh, Rob, what do you have here? Oh, never mind, Rob. I know. Never mind. Oh, see, uh, <laughs> <laughs> see, now I'm about, now I'm about, I'm about to, I'm about to earn my scorn here now. Yep. <laughs> Uh-oh. Here we go. Um, Uh-oh. I thought it was fine. It, you know, oh. um, um, there was some, just some of the stuff because of the height difference, some of the stuff was just a little clunky um sure and like like don't don't ever don't no one ever should put thea in a boston crab ever again <laughs> uh, unless you're the same height if you're roxanne you can put thea in the in the boston crab if you're yeah. Zelina vega yeah. yeah but if you're not her height then because that that was that that was i mean you know nobody's fault it's just it looked you know just because you know i mean because Tiffany was struggling to keep it on and, you know, lost it a couple of times. And it's just like, well, you're too tall to be doing that to her. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, um, they could just, you know, and I know like you, you want, you wanted some move put on her where you could get the facial expressions and the big dramatic effect and all of that. Um, I just done something else. Um, but I mean, it, it was fine. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I guess I, I, it, it was it was fine. I mean, it wasn't bad by any stretch of imagination. I thought it was fine. Okay. DJ? Uh, to be perfectly honest, I have not watched this match yet. It's one I've got to finish up over the weekend. One thing of note for me on NXT, um, they seem to be slightly shifting Thea's character. Um, and and I'm, I'm at odds with that because Thea, this little mighty mouse just firecracker of a human has been so enjoyable on my TV. And I've seen her several times at the NXT show live. She's one of the more fun parts of the show. I, this is just a personal thing. This is not a, a, a um, critique of WWE or certainly not her. I enjoy this character to a fault because I want more of it. And now they're about to change it. Like, it really looks like she's about to, like, you know, you watched her on Tuesday. She really was not having any part of any celebration. She's still very distraught over losing. Um, she was briefly a heel on the Indies. So she's done the heel thing in the past. Um, I, this is just a personal thing with me. I'm not ready to let go of Mighty Mouse Thea Hale yet. But being that I'm a fan of her trajectory, I'll see where it goes. I'm here for it. All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, uh, I question what happens after Mighty Mouse Thea wins. But at the same token, I'd love to see her win before she moved on from the character. So, well, I guess in the, yeah. uh, one thing, um, because on the main roster, Maxine isn't doing the exact same thing, but it's kind of similar. Similar. Yeah, she's a cheerleader-esque type. So, thing. I mean, unless, I mean, now they make it, they, I mean, you could put her in the Alpha Academy and they could have it be a women's tag team. 
Yeah. That'd be fun. But yeah. um yeah, I guess but if they're not if that's not what they have in mind, then yeah, I mean if I don't know. I but but I agree. I mean I think I think because she just has so much energy and all that stuff. I personally I think the move is to keep her as is because um I mean, well, because when the problem is, I mean, if you're going to make, if they are going to make her more serious or whatever, um, the problem is next year she's standing across the ring from Raquel Gonzalez. And no, oh, Jesus. I mean, I'm just right. I mean, that's what I mean. No, it, you're not wrong. You're not, and this is not a knock on Thea, but she looks like she's all of four foot ten. And like you gotta, I mean, Rey Mysterio is the model and he play and they always play up the size differential. Yeah. And it's always, you know, and they don't, you know, they don't have him square up with, you know, somebody who's six foot two and just go straight at them or whatever. Like, um, he's got to work around the height. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you got to. And so, I mean, I would keep her as is or some very some version of as she is because again, I mean, at some point, you know, there's a ceiling if if you're if you're not if you're gonna try to make her serious, then there's a ceiling when she gets to the main roster. Okay. Well this also could just be leading to Chase U and Com- or Andre Chase and the rest of the Chase University student body bringing her back from the brink. So that's true. Maybe, that, that's that would be a fun little thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and All then right. she keep edges and parts of that character that she got there, but, you know, bring it back to, you know, Mighty Mouse, Mia Hale. And, but I'll so, say this, um, over this past month or so, they have made the possibility of her beating Tiffany believable. Yeah. Yeah. They and did a great job. The whole story has been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's, and, even, and I'll give them that. Even towards the close of that match, I was like, you know what? I never thought she was going to win, but I was like, nah. I mean, even if they, if, uh, even winning, I thought would be a mistake. But I'm just like, yeah, if they pulled the trigger, okay, whatever. You, you live in a timeline where you could see it happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, she's doing so good. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, are we on to the main event yet? We are. So this will be the uh, main event, which was the... NXT champion defending his title against Ilya Dragunov in a wow lean lean men slapping meat. They 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 are not exactly they are large and in charge, but they are not what I would describe as meaty men. But they were lean men slapping meat because they were trying to beat the ever loving dog crap out of each other, and it was a beautiful thing to watch. Um, Carmelo Hayes, I think they're both like, they're really good. Um, and I know I'm partial to Carmelo, obviously, but like every week I'm like, that kid is just, he's got all the, he's got a, uh, I don't know. I don't want to put him over that much. Oh, sure. Why not? He's got all the tools. Oh, I'm about to put him over. Yeah. So, and Ilya, man, Ilya is a fun character. He can obviously wrestle. He can do the emoting and the that little stuff in a match. Uh, I think they've got two, like, you know, really, really got good uh, good hands at the very minimum, putting it lightly, uh, in those guys. So, 
future is very, very bright for them. Uh, but we had Carmelo retain, which I think it's the right decision. You know, Ilya kind of just got here, and maybe he's going to NXT Europe anyway. So who knows? Um, and Carmelo is still cooking, man. So and now we've got him and Trick parting ways. So get let them have their own separate deal, um, which is cool that they did the New Day thing. That they were just like, hey, Trick's like, hey, I'm just gonna do my own singles stuff now. Cool, cool. So, um, yeah, I'm not, nothing but good things to say about the main event. So, uh, Rob. Okay, so I'd say this is this is a match of the year candidate, and not just NXT. This is a pro wrestling match of the year candidate. And I usually don't say that about NXT matches because I usually just kind of irritated when because you know people are always saying takeovers better than the pay per view. You know, and and that always kind of just drove me up a wall when people would, would say that. <laughs> so, um, but I think this this really is, and look, we all love Carmelo. I, but I'm I, personally, I think you know some of his matches get get a little little, you know, a little little, 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 little too much uh, indie riffic stuff going on there a lot of times. He like um, so this was not that. Um, and like this was one uh, he he was actually like this actually felt like he was fighting for his life in this match because he was man somebody yeah. forgot to give the memo to Ilya yeah it's a work brother <laughs> it's a work brother <laughs> I love that dude another week that we're gonna say yep another week someone didn't give them good give give Ilya the memo right that it's a work he still doesn't know another week yeah. <laughs> Oh, that dude is crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I have it on hand from glo- close personal friend, Dijak. Wonderful human being and oh, amazing to, to work with in the ring. That's good to hear. So, um, there you go. But for me, yeah, this is an this is, um, easy match of the year candidate. And I, for me, this is the, for my taste, this was the best match Mellow's had. Um, yeah. For for my taste, anyway, for for what I'm looking for from a you know wrestling match, um, and I think this you know, he may really have turned the corner here, at, you know, doing this kind of thing because look, you know, when he gets up to the main roster, of course, everybody has big things in mind for him, but you know, he has to have more matches like this because if it's just doing the spot stuff, then. Him and Ricochet will have a grand old time, you know. Yeah. You know, um, and maybe you know, and but there'll be kind of a ceiling, I think. Um, whereas with this, I mean, the more he does, the more he, the more matches like this he works, the much higher his ceiling is on the main roster. Yeah. Sky's the limit. He's on the short short list to the dethrone Roman Reigns. Uh, uh, DJ. Uh, again, this was not a match I saw. I'm going to try and catch it tomorrow on my day off. Uh, I am going to say this, and I said this in the uh, in the group chat earlier today. For me personally, hold for hold, move for move, Carmelo Hayes is a top five in the world. Like, And I say that without hyperbole, in the world. The guy is that smooth in the ring. He's that crisp. Everything he does, his timing on everything – I agree with what Rob said, though. He's got to learn to work those different style matches. He's got to learn to work more than just the the spot fest, move for move, into the next thing, into the next thing, into the next thing. 
and he's getting it. You know, he's slowly been turning the corner. He's been, again, these NXT house shows we go, he's been one of the most consistently entertaining things that I've seen there. You know, he, and I've talked about on this show before, a few months back, we went to one of those shows and it was Carmelo Hayes. I think he was still North American champion at the time uh, in a match with Axiom that was an NXT black and gold caliber match in front of 300 people at a, at a house show. So the guy puts in the work. He really is dedicated to his craft. He really is trying to be the absolute best out there. And he's making a solid argument for that. And, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see where he goes. I hope to see him grow and evolve into a fully flourished, well-rounded performer because the sky's absolutely the limit for him. Now, taking a side note, his buddy, Trick Williams, do not sleep on Trick Williams. This guy is low-key under the very, very large shadow that Carmelo Hayes has cast. Trick Williams asked to stick in his head out there and saying, hey, I'm here too. And people are noticing he looks, he looks like a million bucks. He's figured out, in some ways more so than Carmelo has, some of the little things, the little nuances. He's a better promo than Carmelo is. He's more overall animated in between the moves than Carmelo is. He may not be as crisp at performing some of the moves as Carmelo is, but he's a different type of worker. He stands a whole head taller than Carmelo is. He's obviously going to work like a bigger guy who can move, who can definitely move around in the ring. I I am really, really interested in Trick Williams' trajectory in the next two to four years. Yeah, uh, Trick is also one of those guys that you kind of look at. He could be really, really interesting in the next couple of years. You look at Trick and you see the vision. Yeah. You see it there. Yep. So that concludes our uh, NXT uh, portion of the evening. All right. Well, before we get into SummerSlam, I want to invite you to go over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot from there. You can pick up your favorite chair shot radio network t-shirts, including this one, the mindless wrestling podcast t-shirt. Go check it out. It absolutely screams to your inner WWE drone. Very fun design. Uh, very proud of that one. Uh, go pick one up. We'll thank you. Your body will thank you if you pick it up in soft style. Yeah. All right. WWE SummerSlam premium live event coming up this Saturday. We're going to go down the card here real quick, give some quick predictions. I've, I'm looking forward to it, man. I think the hype has been fun. I think there's some some discourse that we're going to kind of settle here over a couple of things. But for now, I think Jason has the match card pulled up. We're just going to go down the road here, buddy. All right. So um, first up, we have Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar in the rubber match. Just so far, it is just a singles match. And unless something miraculous happens through SmackDown, which they're neither of them are not well. Is Brock still a free agent, I guess? I think Brock's free agent. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, it looks like it's just gonna be a straight up singles match. I mean, this is this is Cody's match to win. I'm sure I'm sure he's gonna do exactly what he said he's gonna do. He's gonna he's going to he's going to embarrass Brock Lesnar. I think this is going to be like, you know, quick punch, you know, quick sucker punch or like slap or something like that, or quick knee strike and then Cody Cutter crossroads crossroads some sort of something you know bionic elbow crossroads we're out of here uh, I truly think that's what's going to happen 
Because um, wow. this is Kobe's story. He he says he wants to embarrass Brock Lesnar. Um, so it's either going to be twenty, like a definitive, definitive, definitive finish that like puts Brock Lesnar down, and I can't imagine. You can't you cannot embarrass that man because that man brought a forklift to a fight and he ended up under a pile of rubble. So, you can't embarrass him, so the only way to actually embarrass him is to beat him in 20 seconds. So, that's my that's my bold prediction of the evening is that Cody Rhodes Brock Lesnar's Brock Lesnar. Uh DJ, what do you got here? Uh, I can see a scenario where that happens. They get it in and out in five to seven minutes. Personally, I hope they give them 10 to 15 to cook. Um, I'm a little surprised that they didn't have some type of stipulation going into this match, being that it is the rubber match. But I'm okay with it if they have a straight-up wrestling match, you know, because, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, we know there won't be any outside shenanigans at all. Uh, there, there won't be any of that going on. So, you know, while it'll be a straight-up wrestling match, I'm sure it'll – venture into the no holds barred um world a little bit but i like i said i hope they give them 10 to 15 but i would not be shocked if we get a five to seven you know hunting season's coming up brock lesnar's on the clock let's get him out of here yeah rob oh so i'm gonna go the opposite i think we're gonna get all the metal drama here um yeah i, I think i think cody is gonna win because um, it's about time for Brock to head back to the farm until it's time to go to Saudi in November if they go. Um, <laughs> um, so I think Cody is going to win, but I think we're going to get all the mellow drama here. Um, so, I mean, that's not going to be like a 20-minute match or something, but I think 10 to 15, and um, Cody's going to die for our sins at least once during the match, I think. Um, Probably. But I think Cody wins, yeah. All right. So, yeah, uh, I think we all pretty much think Cody's going to win here. Then uh, that brings us to the next match that I just have on this card here, which is going to be Seth Rollins, the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, versus Finn Balor of the Judgment Day with, obviously, Mr. Excuse me. Senor. Senor. Bank. Yes, Senor Money in the Bank. Uh, always looming, you know, in Finn's corner. So that makes things interesting. Um, I think sometimes you do the obvious play, and I think this is one of them. Uh, I think Damien tries to... I think Damien cashes in here on no matter who it is. Like, I think you. there's a possibility where Finn loses in an absolutely bullshit way that we know like happened before you know jesus god and all the apostles as well as all the you know the millions watching at home and we're all just like okay okay seth like you can't win like that and we all know he's gonna get a rematch and then he cashes in and and wins so and then interjecting himself into an even more personal feud. So, um, or he could just Finn could win it, have 20 seconds of, wow, I finally buried this ghost that's been haunting me for seven years. God, it's been seven years since that. Um, uh, then, 
and then you can obviously you get that cash in and then you have them feuding for the title and the the civil war of judgment day or whatever happens there this could go any direction but i think it's gonna be i think seth seth walks out of SummerSlam as wwe world heavyweight champion that's my bold another one of my bold predictions uh, I don't think I think if there's a cash in, it is unsuccessful. Otherwise, um, I think Seth's just going to win and it's going to be one one more staring contest because we can't really, you know, ruin and we can't. We can't take away from what something big and huge we're going to do later in the night. So um, which I think is a possibility. So um, in that case, uh, I I think Seth's going to walk out champion. So DJ, uh, I think one way or another, the Seth Rollins Finn Balor feud ends Saturday night. Now, what do I think is going to happen in the finish? That's going to depend heavily on what's next for Seth Rollins. I think uh, if Seth retains, it is going to be because Damian Priest tried to cash in, something got screwed up, and Priest got pinned, and Seth sneaks away. The question there is, what's next for Seth? Because obviously, Priest and Finn are now going to transition into this headbutting thing. Where does Seth move on to next? I think where Seth moves on next hinges very, very heavily on the outcome of the Intercontinental Championship match. Because I think the winner of that match will be next on deck for Seth Rollins if Seth leaves with the uh, WWE Heavyweight Championship. All right, Rob. Um, okay, I think there's, there's definitely no chance Finn Balor leaves with the world championship. Um, I'm not sure exactly. It feels I, I'm like the whole pacing of this kind of thing is a little weird to me because I mean, Judgment Day is too hot right now to even consider any type of breakup thing. I think um, so. If they're already heading that way, and and they're kind of half-assed heading that way, you know, like a few weeks ago they were cranking the tension up to eleven. Then it seems like they they dialed it down the last couple of weeks. Um, and the fact that they've dialed it down makes me think there's going to be some sort of attempt at a cash-in. I mean, I think there is. Um, I just don't know how it's going to go. Um. And yeah, you know, I'm just looking at the calendar. It's August. I mean, I mean, you want to start that in August? I mean, to me, that's the kind of thing where you have like a final. I mean, you should be hitting, you know, Finn and Damian Priest. You know, should be that should be like a WrestleMania match where they things finally blow up and they, you know, they they're feuding with each other and then that's the big blow off match. Yeah, but are we um, gonna drag that out another eight months? Uh, well, well, I'm just saying, I think, because, no, I'm saying, I mean, I, mean, I think the, the tension, the doing the tension thing, I think is, <clears throat> I think nah. they started that too early. Because, um, yeah, I think they started the tension too early because now you either got to just blow through it now and, and finish it all, I don't know, by the end of the year. Because, no, I, mean, I'm, I don't think you can drag it out until WrestleMania. Um, but... If they had waited to start the kind of the dissension, then you know you could have things go bad in January and then take that to WrestleMania. Yeah. But 
I just, yeah, I don't know how they're going to manage this because, you know, you've got, again, you, you've got to build on this between them. It's got to come to a boiling point, you know, then they got to, you know, and then get to the point where they're fighting each other. And then what do you do then? Right. Um, Cause that, that's again, cause again, that's something you could take to WrestleMania, but not if you're starting it now. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, I just think for sure there's no way Finn Balor is not walking out of the world championship. Um, I think Seth will escape one more time. Um, and I don't think it's not going to be a failed cash in something, some weird wacky thing is going to happen where priest doesn't, where the cash in isn't official or whatever. And I think Seth is going to escape some kind of way. Okay. So we, we basically just stand, stay the course. But, yeah, you know, tension. Uh, no, that's not a wrong answer, by the way. I, I, it could go that way. Like I said, I think Seth walks out with the championship. So, I think maybe you're right. Maybe they're they're he doesn't even actually cash in, and it's a, you know, the we're back to the tension up to eleven again. So sorry, Rob. I've been to. Oh no problem. So, um, yeah, no, Rob, were you gonna? Finish because right? oh, no, that's all I had. Yeah, that's I well, I apologize for finishing your thought. I just got very excited because your thoughts aligned with mine. No. Uh, <laughs> so we are going to move on to the um, oh, Rob, you can take another time out. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, you can't because it is one going to be a women's ma- championship. Um, uh, excuse me, a women's match he does care about because the queen Charlotte Flair will be facing. <laughs> Asuka and Bianca Belair for the WWE Women's Championship. Uh, Asuka, of course, is the current WWE Women's Champion. And might I say that both of those belts are utterly gorgeous. Um, but the white one is especially, like, just wow. Um, the women, Yeah, the Women's uh, Championship. Uh, excuse me, the WWE Women's Championship with the gold background. So, uh, I think... And obviously, oh, forgot to mention, EO, uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, EO, EO, what's her new name? Sky. Okay, it's Sky. Okay, I was going to say, the, I was going to say that, and I thought it was the old one. Anyway, EO Sky is also looming with the um, money, women's money in the bank briefcase. I think this one is going to go to, I think this is going to be straight up. I think EO is going to win, even though, um... And I think Bailey might even try to mess it up for her. Um, and I think she's going to win anyway. And then there are a million different directions you can go with that. Um, so, DJ, what do you think there? I think we get a successful cash in here. Whether EO cashes in and interjects herself and makes it a fatal four-way, or whether one of those three ladies wins, they're beat down, and EO comes in and cashes in the cheap way, uh, one way or another, I think EO Sky leaves Saturday night with the WWE Women's Championship. <sighs> Rob is disgusted. Look at him. He's yeah, disgusted he's, with my answer. No, no, no. I think um, uh, no, I, I was thinking because uh, somebody, one of y'all was just messaged me and I was looking at my phone. I was like, well. Okay, um, I, so... My I, wife just pulled in, so I was trying to tell you to talk because... My oh, I'm sorry. Okay, that's what it was. Okay, my dog's so. about to go ballistic. Okay, no. Um, all right, so I think EO is going to cash in the briefcase for sure. Um, 
either her or Oscar is leaving as champion. Either she's going to cash in successfully, or she's going to cash it in, and then some kind of way Oscar's going to, you know, get her and pin her and escape. And I think Charlotte and Bianca are going to take each other out, because um, this is, yeah, I mean, this is going to be another kind of building block in the increasing acrimony between the two of them. And um, so, yeah, either Oscar escapes again. EO is catching in the briefcase, and she's either going to do it and pull it off, or she's going to do it, and there's going to be you know the big melee or whatever, and then Oscar's going to somehow get you know pin her and get out of there. Oof, that would be a bummer. If the if the, there's another, I don't know. I don't. I, I would like the women's cash in to be successful this year. Um. So successful next, last year, brother. You guys right. just like to forget who cashed it in. I mean, it's been successful for the first what six years. This is year number seven. They're due for a failure here. Yeah. 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 True. I don't know why does it have to be EO. That's not nice. Um. So anyway, uh, next up we have the uh, so we have the celebrity match that SummerSlam always gets, but this celebrity is going to be a, is a little more well trained. We've got finally Logan Paul versus Ricochet with. Logan Paul talking all sorts of nasty shit about Ricochet's woman and being kind of woof. And here I am thinking, like, Logan Paul's got to win this because, you know, he's lost all of his matches so far. But then that happens, and I'm like, well, Ricochet can't lose now because, um, my God, dude. Uh, I mean, they could obviously Samantha is great, so they could do some sort of fun bit with her where she smacks Logan or does something funny or something like that. But in any case, uh, I also thought Logan's the kind of guy who could also just kind of take loss after loss after loss and just kind of keep on ticking. Um, I don't think he could you could then position him to go after any like big champions or big names, but I mean, the celebrity fun feuds that he's doing. Or that he's been doing now, obviously. He got the championship match already. Um, yeah, you could keep doing that. But in any case, uh, I thought Logan was going to be due. Um, but now I firmly believe Ricochet is going to bl- win because, oh my God, after the naughty shit that guy talked, I'd actually want to ca- you know, shoot on him. So, uh, Rob, what would you have with this? I think Logan wins, and I think maybe Samantha slaps him after the match is over. All right. But I mean, Logan, he got beat somebody. He beat Miz last year, but he got. I mean, he, he's got to beat somebody. He's got to win something. And it's one thing to go out there and get beat by Roman to get beat by Seth Rollins. And this is no. I mean, Ricochet's mid Carter. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, Logan, I mean, Logan got to beat somebody. I mean, if you're not in, and who are you gonna have him beat? If if he's not gonna beat Ricochet, then who are you gonna have him beat? Yeah. And that's not like our commentary on personal feelings about Ricochet. That's just watch the last few years. He's a he's a mid card guy who visits the upper card once in a blue moon. Yeah, I, I'm excited for the position that Ricochet's in right now. And to be fair, to his credit, he has shined. Like in what he's been given here. Like I've been waiting for them to give Ricochet something to sink his teeth into. He's sinking his teeth into this. I'm looking forward to it. I think Logan Paul wins. I agree with you guys. I think Logan Paul is due a win. It hurts Ricochet not at all to lose this match, especially if there's a post-match beat down where Samantha gets in there and slaps Logan Paul and Ricochet gets his gets his shit in after the bell. 
I will say this, Logan Paul doesn't have a hair on his ass if he doesn't come out with tights airbrushed with Samantha on them. Pull some old Jake the Snake stuff. He might, man. He might. That will be some pretty uh, epic stuff. So I'm sure he'll do something in that regard, um, like have her have flowers delivered to her mid-match or something ridiculous. Give her an energy uh, drink. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it'll be a bouquet of uh, prime energy. So there you go. Um, next up, we have Gunta defending his Intercontinental Championship against a recently returned Drew McIntyre. So we're at a crossroads here. Do you do you know we're we're at nine? We're what are we at? Like ten bottles of beer on the wall? Yeah. Uh, about that for um, Gunther passing or Gunther passing uh, Honky Tonk Man. So. I I think they're going to do it. So, I mean, you know, Imperium's right there. Drew can get molly whopped and get in the finish, and we, this one can be the schmoz finish of the night. And, you know, Drew can lose not a lick of momentum because he'll come out on Monday or Friday and launch some promo about how he's the baddest dude around and, you know, and launch into whatever he's doing next. So, and maybe he'll even bring his sword. So, uh, I think Gunther... I mean, see, now, and, and you, you talk about me, okay? You, 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 <laughs> you, you're, you are openly disdainful of Drew McIntyre. New title for the show, Jason yeah. Hates Swords. Got it. Wait a I own several. No, uh, but no, sir. I got one in the background over there. What do you have against Drew McIntyre, sir? Oh, honestly, nothing. It's it's just the whole the whole run, his whole heavyweight championship run, especially during COVID and everything, just like really pissed me off because it was just how amazing is Drew McIntyre? He's finally getting this run. He's he's showing everyone the superstar that he could be. He was running the Roman Reigns 2015 to 2016 playbook. And oh, you gotta let eight. that go. <laughs> no, no, I'll never let go. Never, even if there's a fire. Oh, so, 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 um, so, but so Roman Reigns survived that shit. We gotta move on. So, what you're, so, Jason, Jason, what you're, what you're saying is that when certain people get booked the way that people believe that certain other people get booked, that it's it's a load of shit. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I believe that 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 yes. That's correct, sir. That's something that we uh, that we try to try to talk about at this show. It's one of the central pillars of this show is uh, right, but, watching right, the show. Comes back after a year and gets what's, the pre- what's presented on the show as a as compared to other things presented on the show, right? As so opposed like, to comparing to them them to things on the internet, right? So, yes, so like when 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 somebody comes back after a year and they get to win the title in their first match back in twenty one seconds. And yet people think that someone else wins like that all the time. Yeah, but Drew's not a nepotism kid. (sighs) (laughs) Drew came from the streets. Drew came oh, Drew came from the Indies. Don't let don't yeah, let's not forget. He's an indie darling. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, so yeah, when they, when they when they run the actual playbook with somebody that, that the internet thinks that they've been running with someone else all this time, um, 
then yeah, you're saying it's quite not fair or it's not right. Or, right. I mean, you know, I mean, I got to say, uh, I credit to Drew because as much as I disliked the run and the character and just the fact that people were so goddamn willing to play along with him when he was just doing the same shit Roman was doing, you know, the aw shucks, you know, the aw shucks Norse warrior, or in his case, Scottish warrior, you know, Thor looking dude. Like, come on, man. Stop being the aw shucks. Oh, man, you really like me? Yeah, dude, we love you. You're muscle bound. You beat the shit out of people and you look like a million bucks. Of course we love you. Act like it. So, um, and again, that was Roman was doing that shit, too. And I wanted him to be, be Batman, beating the shit out of people. Little did I know he was going to be Carmine Falcone. So, um, but anyway, I lost my train of thought. Rob, take the, take the wheel. Okay. I think I'm up. <laughs> Oh, DJ, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I want Drew to win, but not for the reasons everybody thinks. I want Drew to win because I do not want Gunther to surpass Honky's record. I want Honky Tonk Man's record to remain. Because we've talked about this not only on this show, but I think Rob and I may have talked about it in the, we did a combined show with, uh, we did a, like a tri-cast with DWI and the Attitude of Aggression podcast, and we talked about Honky Tonk Man's record. It's important, and it matters. And it matters for a reason. And I don't, I, we've got enough records being broken. I think that one can stand. And it would piss off the internet. So I'm all here for that chaos. Yes. Um, because, I'm here for it. Because all these people complaining about the Honky Tonk Man having the record, like they completely missed the point. And we've talked about that before. They completely missed the point of him having the title that long. And in, in the, oh, Honky Tonk Man was a terrible wrestler. And like that was the point. It's literally the joke, right? And exactly, it's and just actively terrible. And if you were, if you were actually a person who, God forbid, just watched the show, you would also believe that Honky Tonk Man is a terrible wrestler because that's what he was trying to tell you he was. I'm a guy who never should have held this title, and I held it for 18 months. That was the story. Right, and and they kept sending people after me who were Hall of Famers, you know, <laughs> guys who were Hulk, clearly better than me. Yeah, and I still kept beating them. And that was the I fucking point. I, you this know, was I, not, I got this is not the tribal chief universal run where he's ticking names off the list like and embarrassing them and pinning them. This was not Brock Lesnar's universal run where he's just ripping people's heads off. No, he was, you know, doing the the like the Daffy Duck run through the through the hole in the wall to escape. Exactly, and then For eighteen and it went on, and it, it it drew money. He got heat, and he got people over, and then somebody finally got the drop on him, and and it, it was the perfect ending, you know. Where yeah, somebody finally got him where he couldn't escape, and just ran him over. Yep. So for that, I hope I hope that Drew McIntyre wins on Saturday night. Um, I think I think Gunther does win here. So I, I want even more chaos. I want Gunther to win here and have Drew beat him on a, just an episode of Monday Night Raw. <laughs> I can't believe they gave this away on live what? TV. <laughs> That's what I want. Okay. I like that idea better than mine. 
Let's get real crazy. That's, let's make Saturday night the fuck finish, and then on Monday night, Drew definitively beats his ass. That's much better. Or look, I mean, because look, I mean, the, the boys can help Gunther win at SummerSlam, and then you have a rematch on Monday on a Monday night with with them banned from ringside or something, or where they try to interfere, and then Riddle comes and takes them out, and then Drew beats them for the title. That's... See, that's what I want. Yeah, because. I mean, don't, I mean, like I said, we don't need more and more. I mean, everybody can't hold these belts forever. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, we had, you know, so Bianca was has the longest reign in modern times, and then Roman is three years, and now Gunther's been over a year, and the Usos were champs for well over a year, and um, like and. I'm not saying we should go back to you know to a bunch of microwave title reigns, but like somebody needs to come up short. And Gunther is at a point now where he doesn't need to be dicking around with the Intercontinental title anymore anyway. Yeah, right. If Seth retains on Saturday night, either Drew or Gunther is the next is the next guy. Yeah, and then I mean, look, you give Gunther like a kind of the trial run feud with Seth, and then. Gunther could come back and win the Rumble or something, right? I mean, yeah. But it's it's time to start, you know, testing him out at at the top, at the level. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, how much longer is it? In actuality, I knew I said ten bottles of beer, but how how much longer is it? It's like another month, I think. Yeah, we're uh-huh. we're literally like four to six weeks away from him beating that record. Yeah. Mm. We'll see. So. Uh, last, well, second to last, uh, no, excuse me, third to last, because I forgot one important event, but we'll get to that in a minute. We have the Ron, uh, the match that I didn't know that I'd actually care about, uh, but Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. The vignettes have been fun. Like, the way they've been doing these vignettes with the home videos and the archival footage from Strike Force and UFC and all this stuff, I mean, I'm sure that's, you know, a lot of that was part of thanks to the new attempted merger that is still you know, attempting to approve them an endeavor. Um, so, but anyway, that, that kind of, it had almost like a comic booky feel. Um, and I liked how they clearly, you know, obviously, if, again, if you're not just watching the show, if you're watching it with a nerd hat like us, they clearly like fudged the timelines and, you know, Re- totally rewrote history, obviously, but, you know, probably put some events in front of the other that didn't happen and et cetera, et cetera, but made this like compelling history of like secret, you know, hatred or dis- disdain between the two. It was fun. It's, it's been fun. So I think the match is going to be fine because it's going to be this weird UFC rules, but they're both, you know, UFC, I mean, excuse me, MMA fighters. So they'll, they'll, figure and they're both really good wrestlers so, so they'll i'm sure they'll figure it out and it, it'll be better than the who was it brock lesnar and uh, uh kane velasquez oh that was kane velasquez in that boxing weird you know street cage style rules or whatever that was it, that was, that uh, was i'm sure it'll be better than that that was god awful that was awful so um it started cool though but i feel i feel like they had the first you know 20 moves just rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. And then after that, it just kind of broke down. But it, again, it started cool. So that kind of vision is where I'm at for Rhonda and Shayna. 
And I look for Shayna to pin or, you know, tap around out of the territory. Uh, I think this is when, again, like Brock, you know, she goes away and hibernates until the Rumble or maybe Survivor Series when somebody needs her. And uh, and she'll be back to, you know, hibernate. So, uh, DJ, what do you have here? I hope Shayna whips her ass. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Shayna whips her ass. That's all I got to say. <laughs> My God, man. Jesus. All right, Rob. Um, I guess, you know, is Ronda going away for good or is she going away for a little while? Um, a little while. I don't think she ever goes away for good. She likes it and they like her. I think she's in a weird spot right now, but I think I think she's back at some point. Maybe so. Um, I guess it's just, I don't know. This, this has been so weird because by her own words, there's, there were things she clearly wanted to do that they held off, you know, from her getting to do um, this time. And I guess we don't know how she really feels about that. Um, um, but I think this time, I think Shayna is winning here. Um, and, but the main dollar question always is, we get Shane up to this point, and then what do we do? Well, either Shane has got to go on a tear or something. Because it's like we can't keep doing this start-stop with Shane Basel. Well, but we always do this. They they build her up and they make they make her look like a killer again, and then they give her a title match and she loses. Yeah. Um. Did we do this again? Do, do we do this and then she gets a match with Rhea and Rhea beats her? I mean, do we do this again? Are we doing this again? Yeah. I don't know. And we'll see. So before we get to the uh, main event, which I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about, uh, let's not forget that recently added to the card was the Slim Jim SummerSlam Battle Royale. Uh, I don't have a participant list on here. Uh, actually, yes, I do. Never mind. Oh, they have a full list? No, not a full list, but the ones who have announced that they will be in it. We have uh, Ciampa, L.A. Knight, Sheamus, Shinsuke, Otis, and Chad Gable. So L.A. Knight wins of, this. Of the 20-man battle royal. And, yeah, I feel like this is L.A.'s to lose. So yeah. w- wins this in wins this or loses this in dramatic, dramatic fashion that sets off his next featured act, which I think he is going to continue to be a big part of the show. Before we get to the main event, let's spin off into the discourse that that particular match has now spawned. Yeah. And and uh, that is the discourse over the fact that Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus, who have been feuding for months and were actually never fully advertised as being on the SummerSlam card, are now definitively not on the SummerSlam card, and they are now having a one-on-one match in Winnipeg in, what, about a week and a half? Two weeks, I think. Two weeks. It will be two weeks from this past Monday. And people are absolutely up in their feelings over, and I get it, and, and this is, we have to we have to call it what it is with wrestling companies, particularly when we talk WWE and AEW, a woman's match got seemingly, in big air quotes, dumped from the show for something else. Now, there were a lot of unforeseen factors as to why this match may not have been booked. 
Um, I've heard everything from they want the match to go down in Canada or to Trish Stratus isn't medically cleared to the the internet, you know, belief that it just got bumped for the uh, for the Battle Royal. Um, Jason, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on this? At this point, I would simply. I would again urge our lovely listeners to just watch the show because I think you can separately and fairly accuse this SummerSlam card of being a little light on women, dramatically light on women. Um, yeah. So, I, I but. I don't think we can lay that at the feet of Becky and we just can't lay that at the feet of Becky and Trish because the show the, this match was never announced on the show ever. They okay. feuding and it's been building to that to a match. Clearly it's been building to a match. Put a pause, put a pin in that for a minute. Put a pin in what you just said and think about this. This is WWE's top two or three show of the year. It's the party of the summer. It's SummerSlam. It's huge. Do you think that WWE would just boot, of all people, Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch from a SummerSlam card without some real good reason other than, eh, we just couldn't fit them in? Like, we need to use our brains here. You've got arguably one of the biggest stars of the last decade, and without a doubt, one of the biggest stars of her decade in a marquee rematch on one of the big four premium live events for WWE of the year. If they did not book that on that show, there is a reason. It is a palatable reason that they're not obligated to tell us. I mean, it would be nice to know, okay, hey, you know, something came up, Trish isn't well, uh, something. But I don't think we need to know, and they're not beholden to tell us, but it wasn't just because, eh, we couldn't fit them in. And people got These are supposed to be smart fans that are out here enraged by this, and nobody's using their heads. Nobody's thinking straight. Nobody's saying, why? And maybe there's a good reason. Well, and I, I'm just looking at it and then going, well, of course, geniuses. It's in freaking Winnipeg, you idiots. She's Trish, like the building's going to be rocking. It's going to be everyone's going to be going ballistic for that girl. And I'm I'm going to guess that the, I don't think this run of Trish's is going to go 5 years. So, yeah, geniuses, maybe the whole plan this whole time was to have this thing in Manitoba and you guys are making a mountain out of nothing. So, like, what are we even doing here? I'm sorry that your friend on the internet said that the the card that you you have no access to changed from what you thought it was going to be. I apologize that that upset you. But if you just watch the television show, you're not going to be upset, especially be, when we get there. And I'm going to assume that there will be a reason it was both in Canada and moved to a Raw and not on SummerSlam. I will I will bet that we will walk out of that and it might not be a good reason and might not be a 
Uh, you could probably say, no, they could have done it all at SummerSlam. I won't argue that point. But I will say that there will be something that we can point to that I will say that's why they did it. So until we get there, I'm going to reserve judgment because um, there's a lot of stuff that they do, moving matches, you know, things that are advertised, you know, quick changes to stuff that you're just like, man, something about this stinks. Because I do watch the show and you're shifting things around. So even my nine-year-old cousin is asking questions. Card, but subject to change. Exactly. So, Rob, you got any uh, or, geez, uh, yes, I do. Uh, yes, I do. Uh-oh. And Uh-oh. I'm going to, for once in my life, I'm going to side with the Yahoo's on the internet. Oh, oh dear God. God. Uh, this, this, I will not remember. T- title, not title of the show, Rob Hates the Orange-Haired Lady. Oh, no, 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 no. no this no. has nothing to do with it. This has nothing, this is, no. This, is this has nothing to do with This has nothing to do with around the world. This has nothing to do with my adversarial relationship with that woman, okay? <laughs> okay. And just look, look, I, I have no issue against Rebecca Quinn, folks, okay? I do not, okay. But I do, I have an adversarial relationship with the character she plays, okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, but this has nothing to do with that. Of course, you would have this match on SummerSlam. Yes, you. I mean, no, you you don't do this to have it on TV. Come on, no. Okay, it it got bumped. Here's what. Here's all right. So remember, the the battle royal just got added last Friday, and it is not mm-hmm. just the SummerSlam battle royal. It is the Slim Jim SummerSlam battle royal. Okay, so there's a sponsorship deal. So they 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 are putting this match on the show because of the sponsorship. Okay. Otherwise, if there was no sponsor for this battle royal, it would not be on the show. It would be on Friday night. Just like the Andre battle royals on Friday night every year. Okay. They need to move that back to the WrestleMania. Well, from what from what we've been told, they, they put it on Friday because it popped a big rating number. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. I, I don't know. But anyway, but so this match is being sponsored. That's why it's on the show. If it was not being sponsored, they would have it on Friday night SmackDown. It would not be on the, the premium live event. Um, so now that they had to put it on the premium live event because they got sponsorship, something had to go. And if you look at the rest of the card, Roman and Jay obviously can't go. Cody and Brock are not going. Finn and Seth are not going. Logan Paul is not going. Um, you had you just bumped Charlotte, Drew, Bianca, Drew. and Oscar off of money. They weren't on Money in the Bank. So if you if you have, if you keep them off for of two shows in a row, then that stinks. And, and it also doesn't solve the problem of women's matches on the show because you would just be replacing one women's match with another. Right. And that goes for Ronda and Shayna also. Um, so the, um, the only other match that you could bump is Drew and Gunther. So if you're asking if, why not, well, why not just do that? Well, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you guys right now that them building Gunther for whatever his destiny is is a bigger priority to Hunter or Creative or whoever. Right now, that is a bigger priority than a match with Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. That's not untrue. It's not an untrue statement at all. Right now, that is a bigger priority. Okay. And therefore, they want Gunther on this show for that reason. Yeah. And 
because right now it's a bigger priority. And they know that um, put, putting Becky and Trish on TV could pop a big rating. Um, well, so I guess I'll go to Drew, I guess. But, um, but, but I don't think... I don't think you lose anything audience-wise by not having them on the premium live event, and you could gain something by putting it on television. Um, but I just think right now Gunther's a bigger priority um, as far as having him on the show, <clears throat> and it's a juggling act. And from what we, what the reports out there, they are, you know, they are sticking to these time windows and trying to stick to them as much as possible. Yeah. And well, that's have, one thing we've talked about is the yeah. shows under Triple H have flowed so much more smoothly. And also, I mean, going back to they haven't had a 10 match pay-per-view since the Crown Jewel 2021. So that was the last time they had 10 matches on, on one night of a show. Yeah. I mean, I mean, WrestleMania adds up to more than 10 matches because it's two nights. But ever, ever since then, every every premium live event has had eight matches or less in the one night. So they're sticking to that. They don't go over eight matches. They had to bump something to get this sponsorship and for this battle royal. Um, because they've obviously been working on that deal for a long time, um, or for a while at least. So they had to get the sponsorship match in there. Uh something had to go. You have to juggle all of these things. Um and yeah, I guess just Gunther, you know, right or wrong, fair or unfair. Uh, what they're doing with Gunther is a bigger creative priority, and and you can even you can you can look no further than how much how his time is structured on Monday nights versus Becky and Trish and how they're structured on Monday nights because yeah. they get them in and out. Um, they uh, don't. Um, tell you this in all things created equal, what you're saying is true. Obviously, with but if this was everything you're saying with his current trajectory and just Gunther and uh, Drew McIntyre in an intercontinental match, intercontinental title match, I think it might possibly get bumped to a sweet spot on SmackDown or a sweet spot on whatever. It is that same thing in Drew McIntyre's return match. So I think that's just enough for it not to get to to be another one to be like, no, you're not going to bump that. Yeah. You know, and uh, then yeah. it all rolls downhill. Uh, so I, I can definitely see that. So I just I think that's what it is. Um, and I think, uh, uh, yeah, I think that's just what it is. Um, and. And look, I mean, um, you know, this is one of those kind of elephant in the room moments here. Um, you know, if there's a if there's a if there's a male wrestler coming up that they're pushing towards the top, that guy's going to take priority. Mm. That's just what it is. Yeah. Um. You know. Um. Because. You know, there's more potential future gain. With Gunther, I think in their eyes, I mean Becky and Trish kind of is what it is as far as what you're going to get out of it business wise. Um, right. True. Um, and they go anywhere. Um, and it's 
you know, again, again I, I look at just what kind of how their TV time gets structured. I mean, you know, I mean, right now, Gunther and Imperium, they get more TV time than Becky and Trish do. Um, and Becky and Trish, they, again, they get them in and out. Um, and so you can look at that and you can see um, where the what they're prioritizing here. Um, yeah. Whereas, I mean, with on, you know, with the other two women's matches, well, if this is Ronda's swan song, then obviously you don't bump it from the card. And with the triple threat, like I said, they they already were not on money in the bank. And also, when they give, you know, Bianca, Charlotte, Oscar, when they give that stuff time on television, they're the number two thing on Friday behind the bloodline. So, I mean. Yeah, and- when you gave us a quarter hour breakdowns the other day, the segment with those women popped a rating. Yeah, I mean, and. It, you know, and um, so you got in. SmackDown literally has no other representation on the card besides those two matches, besides, besides the triple threat and then Roman and Jay. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, it's just it's a numbers game, and um, you know, it's the it's decision that they made. Um. Yeah. I don't. No, I mean, again, I don't. You know, this isn't like oh, bad booking. Arr! You know, this isn't that, but it's. I mean, they they had to pick something, and all right, yeah. Well, we're running a little long, Jason. Why don't we get into the main event here? Yeah. Uh, so in the main event, we have the tribal combat uh, for the WWE Undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship uh, for the tribal chief defending his championship and his tribal chiefdom against his insolent cousin Jey Uso. I look for, I mean, this is, uh, Jay's not winning. So, I mean, I, mean, I just don't think it's happening. It's because it, there's a, there's a giant what now after that. Um, and in the weeks and months after that, not just like, hey, what, what do we do next? It's like, oh, how do you get there? How do you, there's a lot. In any case, uh, I think Roman is going to win here, but being that it's SummerSlam and they're obviously they are not, you know, they're not afraid to use the trope of Roman's next opponent just shows up after he beats his previous opponent. So maybe we'll get a surprise. Uh, I don't think it's Dwayne. I don't think um, it's anything that monumental. Um, And I couldn't even begin to spitball maybe randy orton you know if he's if he's all good i have no idea um but they do like that doing that you know they did it with brock they did it with cena i want to say they've done it with other people um so um yeah i think i think that's what we're gonna get we're gonna get um jay jay win uh, jay loses but it's a matter of how do we lose because this is a the next part of the bloodline story does another Fatu show up and and kill Jay? Um, does you know? Is it the fact that the the opponent is somebody monumental? Uh, the next thing, but there's another shoe to drop with this story. Um, my big bold prediction I gave you guys a while ago is J- James Uso comes back and costs his brother Jay the title. Um, and he realigns himself or maybe was always aligned with the bloodline. That is my big, bold prediction for the evening, but definitely Roman winning. So, DJ, close us up. 
I don't think you're very far off there. Because again, the 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 question in the air is, let's just say Jay wins. Then what? Let's say Roman wins. Then what? The Usos just go back to being a tag team. They go back to, hey, you know, we're on the same show as a guy who just whipped our asses, uh, but we have nothing further to do with him, and we just start wrestling the, the the Viking Raiders every week. No, I think something monumental happens here. I agree with you. I can see a scenario where Jimmy turns on Jay. Jay has established himself as a as a singles competitor. You know, he and I'm looking forward to seeing him and Roman Reigns just tear the house down. That's before I even really hazard a prediction of the match. That's what this is. One I'm just looking. To, Sit back, shut my phone off, and just have fun with it. Yeah. Let it ride out. Watch what's on my TV and see how it plays out. That's what I that's what I want to do Saturday night with this match. They're they're gonna get we're gonna get another magical moment. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And we're going to get another all time all time Roman Reigns kick out. He's gonna he's gonna even make us believe for a a fraction of a second. There will be a moment in time where we believe Jay Uso can do it. I did it, uh, Cody. Yeah, Cody started. To, they started to get me with Cody when when Solo got kicked out. Man, I was like, "Holy shit, they're doing the damn thing!" I hate. They're gonna do it. No, even though I love him, I hate him so much. <laughs> um, and then Solo saved the day. God bless you. So, um, but yeah. Uh, I look for death. This is going to be whatever's next. Uh, Rob, did you go yet? No. No. Um, uh, okay. Um, I think Jay's going to be put down. <laughs> it's just it's a question of just how it happens, whether Roman just does it all by himself or if um, he gets some help, be it from Solo or – I mean, oh, man. I just – I don't know. The, the – Jimmy thing that's very Vince Russo ish. Um, now, like if it happens, then no, like I, I, mean, I trust Paul and Roman and Jimmy and Jay. I trust them to figure out some way to creatively make it make sense and execute it so that it all works out in the long run. Because, um, also, we need to mention again that this is not just. You become the universal champion. Now the stakes are even higher. This is literally for the tribe. This is for the kingdom. The, the Anuahi family. Like, what do you do with tribal chief Jay Uso? Right, and that's the and that's the thing. Um, I don't know. Are you like say the inevitable happens? Are you gonna believe Jay Uso is gonna step to the rock? Well, because come on, like I said before, if just people, yeah. Sorry. Rob, no. uh, yeah, if this was anything but pro wrestling, Jay Uso would be winning. Um, if this was a novel, Jay, Uso, Jay would win. If it was a comic book, Jay would win. If it was a movie, Jay would win. If it was a TV series, Jay would win. If it was a video game, Jay would win. But all of those, you know, you can do that and then it's over. <laughs> right? um, and the thing is here. You to write the story of. The tribal chief Jey Uso and the Universal Champion. You could just say, and then Jey Uso became tribal chief and Universal Champion. The end. Like it, you know, Return of the King. What happens? They kill Sauron and they burn up the ring, and then Aragorn gets the crown put on his head, and the movie's over. Right? Yeah. I mean, 
Um, you know, or, you know, Return of the Jedi, the Empire's dead, and they're celebrating with the Ewoks, and it's over, right? Um, um, here, you know, in pro wrestling, it's never over until the wrestlers themselves are not on the show anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, therefore, you know, Jay winning, the problem with that is that you have to have a show the next Friday. Yeah. And... That show would probably do fine. You would have a big celebration. Yay. But then you have, to, you have to have a show after that. And after that. And after that. And I'll there's... i tell you, with all the love in my heart for the Usos, the Anawahi family, Jay Uso in particular, and how awesome he has become as, you know, a main event Jay Uso and a, you know, tag team guy who can certainly hold his own as a singles guy. Yeah. Tribal Chief Jay, Jay Uso does not tickle my fancy at all. That does not make me want to tune in on Friday nights. That It'll make week. people tune in for a week or two. It's after that second week. What are and you doing? I'm tuning in for the car crash factor. Like, okay. All right, Goose. How do you get this one out of this flat spin? No, we're going into the ocean? Okay. Awesome. So, yeah, and that's... Um, and that's the thing. So, and not to delve into a bunch of statistics and everything, but you know, I can show you exactly how Jimmy and Jay fare when they're not involved in the bloodline story. Yeah. Um, it's night and day. Um, so I, I mean, Jay Uso becoming the tribal chief and winning the championship again, if it, if it wasn't on something where you have to have a show. You know, again, in you know, next week, the week after, the week after, um, I think Jay would absolutely be winning this match. Um, yeah, but he's not. I mean, the story, the story started with Jay. With Jay, it yes, and, and yes, and like that's why. Look, if it was any other medium, it would end with Jay. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's not any other medium. It's pro wrestling, where again, everything is ongoing. This uh, is literally yep. be that's literally Darth Vader killing the the Emperor. This is Star Wars. Yes. You turn into I I brainwash you into my right being my right hand man. You commit horrible crimes on my behalf, and then ultimately you're like, wait a minute, dude, you're an idiot, and you put me down, and then the story's over. Right. All right. Well, I think I'm good here, unless you guys have any parting shots. No, I look for one amazing, amazing kick uh, kick out from Roman Reigns, and I look for one oh shit moment from Jey Uso. Oh, this is going to be all the melodrama. Yeah. They're they're going 30 minutes here. (laughs) I'm expecting a good... Well, they are. They're going to go long. Oh, yeah. Um, I I think we're going to get another good premium live event. WWE has not missed in quite a while. Nobody wants to have that conversation, but... We're having it here. WWE has not missed. I don't think they miss again on Saturday night. No, you're hard-pressed with all the players involved in this uh, particular card. Yep. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. This has been the Mindless Wrestling Podcast SummerSlam kickoff show. You can listen to us anywhere you listen to your podcast. You can also find us on thechairshot.com. 
the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I'm going to go around the room here and thank my cast of characters, my co-hosts, starting with from the Rob the Genius Podcast, Mr. Rob. Fun show tonight, buddy. Yes, sir. Always good to be here. Always glad to have you. And Bucky's tag team partner, Jason, back off assignment this week. Glad to have you back, sir. Thank you. It's good to be back. All right. And I am the man with the award-winning beard, DJ. You, again, have been listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, if I can say it. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in a ring. And we're out of here until next week.